Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here ESPN Radio. We roll along. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy hour coming up, including Fortinball who will join us uh, as he does regularly on Fridays. We'll do Who You Got, all of that. We'll get off of this blunt conversation, which, candidly, uh, we need to. We had the terrible game last night. Let's start with that, and then I want to get into the Michigan stuff. But there's nothing worse as a football fan than when great players get hurt. Like all sports, football is dependent on great players. And unlike my beloved NBA, the great players play if they can. In fact, you know what? This reminded me of something. This is going to be a digression, but it's going to be worth making. Um, The Instagram Reels um, algorithm blows my mind. I will sit there every now and again, and this thing will drag me down into a, 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 a rabbit hole, and it knows better than I do now what I'm interested in. Like, it will pop things up on there, and I now give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know what it's like if you're scrolling through Reels. I'm not on TikTok, so I'm old. So I see all the TikToks two weeks later on Reels. And so I will see them. And you know what it's like when you see one, it pops up and you thought, I'm not going to be interested in this. I never do that anymore because if they're sending it to me, they're right. I'm going to be interested in it. Anyway, I seem to now get a ton of old videos about Larry Bird. I, I, I must have watched one of them for a while. And there's all these people telling Larry Bird stories, Magic telling Larry Bird stories, Kareem, uh, Dominique Wilkins, whatever. There's a ton of that right now on Instagram Reels. And then they cut to this one where uh, Larry Bird talks about how he woke up one morning the night, and they had a game that night, just a regular run-of-the-mill regular season game. And he was in a tremendous amount of pain. Both his legs, his hamstrings hurt for terrible, terribly. He didn't know why, but he woke up and his hamstrings were awful. And so do you know what he did? He spent the entire day getting treatment, getting rubbed down, getting loose, all that kind of stuff, so he could play. And he played 41 minutes in the game that night because that's how this stuff used to be. Instead of if you wake up with a hamstring, you're going to be out a week. But that's a different conversation. Anyway, in football, these guys play. But the sport is so brutal. No matter how hard they try to make it as safe as it can be, and they've done as good a job of that as you possibly can, it is an intrinsically dangerous activity. And people are going to get hurt doing it. And unfortunately, it hit one of the best players in the league last night. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that it, that injury to Burrow is really bad. I, I think the idea that he's going to come back and play in their next game, which will be a week from Sunday... I will be shocked. I'll be pleasantly surprised. There isn't any reason for me to speculate about what I think it is because what difference does it make? I'm not a doctor when he's having an MRI. But football's just not better when Joe Burrow isn't playing it. It's not better when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing it. It's not better when these guys aren't. It doesn't make any difference who you root for. Football's just better when these guys are playing it. So it, it... it devastated me. That was the most. That was the best Thursday night game we we're going to get all season long, and it was just ruined almost immediately. Can something be done? Can anything be done? No, they're doing everything they can. They protect these quarterbacks as best they can. But at the end of the day, 
Football is a sport where the object is for one person to try and move another against their will and that person to try and knock someone else to the ground. If you are holding the ball, you're a marked man in that sport. That's just the way the rules are. And until that changes, which is never, people are just going to get hurt. I commend the sport and the the people who run the league. They've made it as safe as it can be made, and they'll continue to try Mm -hmm. to do that. But until the day they start putting flags on the quarterbacks, which I don't believe will ever come, nor should it, Quarterbacks are going to get hurt. That's just the way it's going to be. What a, I mean, this was not a Thursday night injury, but like, what, for, what f- about the they shouldn't be playing on Thursday night because of player safety? Zero. No, it has nothing to do with it. I, I've not seen anything that indicates that players are more likely to suffer injury on Thursday nights. Literally nothing. I don't think there is anything. It's just stuff that players say. Or I know point, they say it because they don't like it. You point them out anecdotally when they happen. And I get that they don't like it. This had nothing to do with that. He was hurt already. Of course. He was hurt already, and, and that we talked about that already. And, and for those of you just joining me, I am very pleased to say that the decision has been made, which I fully support, by, um, by our new partners at ESPN Bet, the ESPN Bet app, that my prop bet, my boost, you are being refunded your wager. That if you, if you bet the special that I have up, which is called Seeing Green this week, it was a prop bet on combined yardage by Burrow and Lamar last night. And because of the early injury, um, they announced it this morning and, and let me know that they were going to refund uh, or they were going to uh, refund the wagers. And I'm delighted that they decided to do that because that's the right thing to do. We talked a lot about that earlier and how the league has to be especially diligent and vigilant in this day and age about making sure everyone has every possible ounce of information about injury. That's critical. And while I think the Joe Burrow injury very likely renders Cincy a non-contender, the Mark Andrews injury renders perhaps the best team in the AFC lesser than. I don't think that, at least in the aggregate, Mark Andrews' absence is going to be the reason why the Ravens don't win or lose a regular season game. But if you look at the targets, Greeny, in the red zone, and in their two-minute, he is far and away Lamar Jackson's number one guy. And if you're talking about a scenario here, they're down four with a minute and a half left in the AFC Championship game, and that guy's not on the field, that could be the reason why the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and Baltimore does not. It is not hyperbole to say that. I completely agree. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. The Scoop. This Michigan thing is not over, and I think it is now likelier than ever that we are seeing Jim Harbaugh's last weeks as the coach in Ann Arbor. That could end if they lose to Ohio State. It could end if they make it to the college football playoff. But one way or another, the championship game, I believe, is January 8th. I believe at latest that will be the last game he coaches at Michigan. I want you to hear very carefully. You saw what happened yesterday. Michigan made the decision to withdraw its legal challenge against the conference, suspending Harbaugh for three games. This after Jim said, oh, I couldn't be more excited to go in there. I'm ready to go in there. I'm not seeking special treatment. I just want to state our case and let the facts decide. Due process, due process. What has been made clear by everyone is that the information that the Big Ten has, which it received from the NCAA, is so overwhelming and obvious that Michigan had no chance of winning a temporary restraining order. If they had any chance, there's no reason for them to have withdrawn their request for a restraining order. 
As a consequence, Harbaugh will be suspended tomorrow against Maryland and next Saturday for the huge game against Ohio State. Whatever happens will happen. I don't know how it will affect the team on the field. But what I do know, and Heather said it is, this is not the end by any means. Harbaugh is going to wind up having been suspended for six games this season. But the most is still to come. The NCAA's investigation continues. First of all, Michigan statement was wrong yesterday. The Big Ten never initiated any investigation. The Big Ten's information came from the NCAA. It is now in the NCAA's hands. The Big Ten and Tony Petiti reserved the right, though, to have further implications or punishments on Michigan if more evidence emerges. But right now, the Big Ten is not actively reviewing any evidence. This is in the NCAA's hands. And we all know that moves slowly. But it moves. And Harbaugh has been in their crosshairs before, and he is definitively going to be again. I think if you just read the tea leaves, I don't want to say anything that is hyperbole here or that could wind up being an overstatement. I think it is a very reasonable assumption that when the NCAA concludes its investigation, that there will be more and significant discipline that will take place involving Harbaugh and involving the program. And if that is going to be the case, whether you want to call it getting out while the getting is good or however you look at it, I think Harbaugh goes to the NFL. If that opportunity exists next year, I think Chicago is a place to look. I think the Raiders are a place to look credit Dan Graziano or, or is it Tannenbaum who brought that up? The two of them brought that up this morning. I keep bringing up the Chargers. Everyone keeps telling me they'll never pay what it would take to get them. We'll see. But I believe we are seeing the end of Harbaugh one way or the other at Michigan. Yeah, I need to be careful with what I say here because I am the furthest thing from a reporter. But the reason why I have been so anti-Michigan and so anti-Jim Harbaugh over the last month, candidly, is because I know stuff that the public does not yet. Stuff that the public will know potentially pretty soon, and it will... I would say, very likely spelled the end for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. There is the NCAA investigation, like you mentioned. There is also an ongoing FBI probe. Like This is not just Connor Stallions going rogue, like this cartoon character. They suspend Jim Harbaugh for three games, and then we kiss and make up. No. What we have experienced so far is merely the tip of the iceberg. This is the end of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. He might come back and coach them in the Big Ten title game and the college football playoff, but that's it. Like, that's what's going to happen. And all these games they're winning right now might well be vacated. And Jim Harbaugh, when he's coaching the Patriots or the Bears or the Chargers or the Raiders or whomever, won't have to deal with it. But I think it's likely that he's going to leave that program in much worse shape than he found it. Which would be a terrible shame. And I know on some level would bother him a lot. That place means a lot to him. It's his alma mater. He's a Bo Schembechler guy. I, I understand how much, how important it was to him to come back there and restore the glory. And at least on the field, the last couple of years, he has done that. They've been the best team in the Big Ten by a wide margin the last two seasons. And most people I talk to think they're better than Ohio State this year and will beat them maybe even without their head coach. But I, I see it the way you see it now. I don't look. At the end of the day, the sign-stealing thing, I've made my feelings on that clear. I don't understand. I think they they paint a very strange... They paint themselves into a strange place with what is and what isn't prohibited. But the rules are the rules. And the rule also states that the head coach is responsible even if he didn't know. Because there has still been no proof 
that has been presented, at least publicly or to my knowledge, to the Big Ten, that Harbaugh was in on this. Another piece of information that we got is that Connor Stallions didn't file any expense reports during his time at Michigan, presumably to hide what he was doing on the road. The whole thing is so ludicrous. It's like it's such a dated reference. I don't know how many people even know what I'm talking about. But if you remember the Benny Hill show, like this is how the Benny Hill show would have conducted a sign stealing organization. This is how the Keystone cops would have conducted a sign stealing investigation. The whole thing was done so sloppily and so obviously and so ridiculously that it's not a surprise that it's all going to come crashing down like a house of cards. So one way or another, look, I I can't pretend not to be at least a little bit hopelessly biased on this subject. I've known Jim and liked Jim for 30 years, and I still like him. But fair is fair. What's happened has happened, and I think this is going to be the end. Can I make one more point on this? Yeah, of course. Michigan is still, like as we speak, benefiting from this. So just so it's clear, like a college football team offensively is going to have upwards of like a thousand signs or signals. Like it's not as simple as like changing the signs when a runner's on second base. Like, if you want to totally restart from scratch, I mean, you're learning a, lo- a new language. So do we think it's a coincidence that Michigan's defense slanted to the run side on practically every run play against Penn State? Do we think it's a coincidence that on offense, Michigan ran opposite Penn State's edge pressure on nearly every down? Like, it's on the tape. I've talked to football people about this, actually, over the last week. Like, Michigan's advantage is still built in. So just because the public now knows about all this, and just because he's been suspended and the investigation is happening and ongoing, doesn't mean that Michigan is not done benefiting from the fact that they've aggregated all this information over the last few years. All their opponents are still working at a huge disadvantage. Mm, It's going to be really interesting to see where this thing goes from here. I I don't know that there has been a game that people in college football, uh, a college football game that people everywhere are going to be as fascinated to watch as Michigan-Ohio State this year. It would have been a monster game anyway. It, it, it is annually, at this point, pretty much the biggest game of the year. This year, it probably has as much as any year that I can ever remember. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. <laughs> Hamboski, we've got radio trivia. Who is the career leader in rushing touchdowns for the New York Giants? Who rushed for the most touchdowns in the history of the New York Giants? Career leader, New York Giants rushing touchdowns. Answer next, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. There's so many different ways we can spend time together. One of them is on the ESPN app. You can listen to our show on the ESPN app. You can watch it. Look for hashtag Greeny if you click on the watch button on the ESPN app, and then you can hang out with us. Uh, you also can listen on Sirius XM Channel 80, and both hours of our show are available as a podcast. It's called hashtag Greeny, and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, Hambo, once again, today's question. Who is the career leader in rushing touchdowns for the New York Giants? It's a, it's a, it's a tricky question here. Um, I, I have a guess because I know you well enough to know, you know, the history. But points are scored so much more these days than they used to be. So, Bubba and, and Cam, I'm going to go first. I, I have a feeling this is probably wrong, but I'm going to say Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford is one of the great... Giants of all time. Is that Brandon's guess also? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have one with two guesses for Frank Gifford, one from me, one from uh, Brandon. Bubba, how about you? That, that was my my first thought was Frank Gifford. Um, but I, I, then I, I I thought maybe just didn't play enough games back then. I'm going to go Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. So it's Tiki. Two votes for Frank Gifford. Cam? Yeah, I was thinking those two as well. I'm going to go our ESPN radio colleague, Brandon Jacobs. I don't think that's right, but that's my guess. Yeah, I don't think that's right either. I'm going to feel like a boob for saying that if it is right. Anyway, those are the four guesses that are in. Hembo? The correct answer is Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, baby! Oh, my God! Wow! Come on! How long was Brandon Jacobs a giant? He was a giant for nine seasons. Oh, my gosh. Brandon Jacobs was there nine years? He ran for 60 touchdowns for the Giants. Tiki Barber ran for 55. Frank Gifford ran for 34. Oh, my gosh. We always get the top three every time. (laughs) We weren't even close. Brandon Jacobs. Oh, my God. Isn't that stunning? I'm really proud of that one. How many guesses would I have needed to give you before you landed on Brandon Jacobs? A lot, because my head only remembers him being there for a much shorter time than that. God, I'm getting so old. Like The the definition of getting older is when (laughs) things that you're absolutely positive you remember turn out to be wrong. Would you have thought that Saquon rushed for more than him? No, not Saquon, but I... Like, where's a guy like Joe Morris on that list? Joe Morris is fourth at 48. Yeah, like, he's another one that I thought of. So Joe we're, Morris. Was Tiki second? Tiki was second. Frank Gifford was seventh. The okay. other guys that are high up there are Rodney Hampton, Alex Webster, and Otis Anderson. Yeah, Hampton, yeah O.J. Yeah. Anderson. But he, I, in my memory, he wasn't there that long either. I remember yeah. him mostly as a Cardinal. And then he got there and they won the Super Bowl. I can't believe Cam pulled Brandon I mean, Jacobs. He was there for both Super Bowl runs. So. What are the Who chances cares? that Cam cheated? Is there any Ooh, chance Cam looked at a doing Cam? this? I Googling? mean, right before we came back, he did say, 
oh, I forgot we had to guess, and then he magically gets what? it right. So look, I'm not going to suspect foul something, play here. Something fishy. But going when Cam got all three of the coaches last week, that did what are we force me to here? just raise one eyebrow. <laughs> that, that, that's the funny part. So for those of you who watch the trivia segment on our TV show on Get Up, what, when Harry Douglas does it, like. No one cheats worse than Harry. <laughs> Harry, like, Hembo will ask the question, and then we'll go to the break, and immediately Harry, like, pulls out his phone in full view of everyone, and he's just kind of got his thumbs screening. And I looked at him, and I said, are you cheating? And he goes, no, 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 I'm just on Twitter, where everyone is tweeting the answer at him. And, and so that, that, that's terrible cheating. So if Kim is doing it, let's at least give him credit for doing it well. Okay, I take back the accusation. I'm going to believe you got it fair and square. Oh, no, yeah. What Cam's, are the standings? Kim's just good at trivia, unfortunately. Uh, 13, unfortunately for us. I am 13 and 22. Bubba's 10 and 25. Greeny's 8 and 27. Brandon's 3 and 11. Mark Cuban is 0 and 1. Mm. All right, fair enough. All right, I'm, I'm just seeing this here. Greeny with you coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. I, I should read this, right? So, so yeah. Um, yesterday, the... Um, the really one of the really big stories of the day involves someone who is a a pretty good friend of mine. Her, her name is Carissa Thompson, and by now, you're probably aware of what happened. She went on the Pardon My Take podcast, and she essentially, I mean, she basically said that when she was a sideline reporter early in her career, that she would, if the coach didn't come over and talk to her or anything like that, she would make up reports. She just to, she flat out seemed to say she would just make stuff up in these reports and predictably that went crazy on social media yesterday. Even I saw it and I'm the first one who usually misses everything. Um, but even I saw it and I was really taken aback by it. And I, I wanted to watch the pregame show last night cause I wanted to see if they would address it and they did not. And so Carissa has addressed it. So here we go. I will read this directly. This seems to be, I'm reading it off of something on Twitter, but she seems to have posted this on, I think on Instagram mm-hmm. Anyway, she wrote, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. I have a responsibility to myself and my employers to clarify what is being reported. When on a podcast this week, I said I would make up reports early in my career when I worked as a sideline reporter before I transitioned to my current host role. Working in media, I understand how important words are, and I chose the wrong words to describe the situation. I'm sorry. I have never lied about anything or been unethical during my time as a sports broadcaster. In the absence of a coach providing any information that could further my report, I would use information that I learned and saw during the first half to create my report. For example, if a team was 0 for 7 on third down, that would clearly be an area they need to improve on in the second half. In these instances, I never attributed anything I said to a player or coach. I have nothing but respect for sideline reporters and for the tireless work they put in behind the scenes and on the field. I am only appreciative and humbled to work alongside some of the best in the business and call some of them my best friends. Uh, her, her best friend in the world is Aaron Andrews, who is probably the best-known sideline reporter there is. Um, I don't really know what to say about this. Um, I don't know that that really clarifies anything because what she said on, on, on Pardon My Take is not that. She said directly that she would make up stuff that coaches said. And that's not the same thing as saying I would use the things that I'd seen happen in my report. If, if she seemed to say she did attribute it to the coaches when she was on with um, mm-hmm. with uh, with Dan Katz and 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 uh, PFT, and she says in this statement that she never did that. 
look, she's my friend and she will continue to be my friend. But there's no defending this. Uh, it's, it's an indefensible thing to have done if she did it. it you, and she makes two enormous mistakes. The first and biggest mistake is doing it in the first place. You should never, ever, ever, ever say anything on any airwaves anywhere that you don't know to be true. You should never attribute anything to anyone that they didn't say to you. I mean, this is I don't th- think you should need me to tell you that that should go without saying And then if you ever did that, I don't know why you would just willingly volunteer that information because what it does do is it does, I understand why so many people who take great pride in doing that job felt really personally offended by what she said, because you're basically saying that what I do for a living is pointless and frivolous. And what it also did is it seems to open up the door for so many people to say, oh, who cares? We don't need these sideline reporters anyway, which is A, going to make those people feel terrible. And B, that position really bothers me. I don't think anyone even really means that. That's just an example of people just wanting to be contrarian or difficult or or somehow take a position on, on social media that they themselves know not to be true. Um, there's, there's, no, there's no sane person, there's no rational person who thinks, oh, what difference does it make if someone comes on television and tells me something that isn't true? No one should think that. Let's put it that way. If you think that, I really, really have a lot of questions about where you stand on anything. I'm not pretending that a coach saying to you, we really need to clean up our third down defense is incredibly important information. I get that it isn't. But no one, no one in their right mind should be okay with people making things up as part of reports on television, radio, or anywhere. One of the reasons we've gotten ourselves into a place where we currently sit in this country over which I have extraordinary concerns is because we now accept a lot of things being said on the air that are just flatly not true. And that is one of the big problems that we have. So again, I'm not in any way suggesting that the fate of the world rides upon the um, the veracity of sideline reporters during football games, but that doesn't mean that what they're doing is meaningless, and it doesn't mean that it is okay just to make these things up. So I haven't talked to Carissa, but when I do, if at whatever point I do, I'll talk to her at some point, I'll say that to her. Like, it doesn't mean that I can't be your friend, but no one can suggest this is an okay thing to do mm. because it most certainly is not. So that's all I can think of to say about that, unless anyone has a question for me, which I'm happy to answer. I never really did that job. I don't have, I've never done that role. But what difference does it make? I, I would say this. I did a few games over the years. They put Mike and me in the booth on a couple of Monday nights, which I will always appreciate and I will always acknowledge. I was not ready for I was I was in over my head, and I think it showed on the air, which I always felt bad for Mike because I think he would have been really good on those games. And unfortunately, I just couldn't get him there. Because And I've, I developed an enormous amount of respect for the play-by-play people who do it so well because you know it looks so easy on television, but there were so many things happening at one time. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is that what I witnessed, Bonnie Bernstein did the sidelines for one of our games and Susie Culber did the other two. I saw just how much work they put into it. They were in every meeting we were in. They were at every practice we were at. They asked every bit as many questions as I did, and she took more notes. Bonnie, I'll never forget, Bonnie took infinitely more notes than I did when we were sitting with the coaches, mm. and she barely got on the air. She got to use so little of it. I felt bad for her. That's the job. 
and and that just is what it is. But so whatever for whatever that's worth, my very limited experience, and then being traveling with the NBA last year as I did, seeing Lisa Salters, uh, who was the I mean the consummate pro in anything. I mean Lisa did every bit as much work preparing for those broadcasts as Jeff Van Gundy or Mike Breen or Mark Jackson did. She was in every meeting with the coaches. She's in every meeting. In fact, had separate conversations with coaches and players that I witnessed. So, you know, just seeing them off in a corner talking or whatever it is. So, you know, these are people who, who do who work. I, I hear the show is there. I'll get to them in a second. I'm sorry. But like, I think this is an important point to make that I, I don't like the idea that these jobs are being belittled. It's not fair to these people who who take their job seriously and are trying really hard to do good work. And the idea that anyone might make it seem like that is just totally unimportant, totally invalid, uh, I feel they're... Uh, I feel the offense they take to that. I, I, I felt I felt bad. These are people that I know, and I felt badly for them yesterday because you know the reaction to this, and most of it is just like a chorus of jerks uh, that just will react to anything in that way on social media. But yesterday, I thought it was particularly galling. All right, with that having on that delightful note, let's move on to something infinitely more fun. Carlin versus Joe's Joe Fortenbaugh joins us today from Bristol, and let's bring him in here to the conversation. And Joe, before we start breaking down all of the bets we're going to have on all of these games, let me just ask if you have any bone to pick with Hembo, because all he's done lately is pick fights for us. First, he got us into a fight with Evan Cohen. Then he got us into a fight with Michael Kay. Is there anything you are angry at Hembo about? No, I think Hembo and I are good these days. Early on in the early stages of Carlin versus Joe, there were some issues with the way in which the, the Hembo hammer was phrased. There was no issue. I felt there was some ambiguity and there were some doors that were opened to multiple answers being correct. I was proven right on multiple occasions, even though he jumps in there to say there was no issue. He has since cleaned up the vernacular, and we are moving forward amicably. We are both too busy wallowing in the defeat of the Philadelphia Phillies to focus our angst towards one another. Fair enough. Okay, and a reminder that not only does... Joe, do Carlin versus Joe every afternoon here on ESPN Radio, but you can watch ESPN Bet at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 as we are now in the ESPN Bet era. And here we are to try and help you get as ready as you can for the huge weekend. Cleveland is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Steelers, starting Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback. We, we talked about it. The Steelers have a real good chance to get their record to 10-3. and three. They play the backup quarterback with Cleveland this week. I believe it'll be a backup quarterback next week for Cincinnati. We'll see. And then they get Arizona and New England. Either way, the Browns are a one-and-a-half-point favorite this weekend. Joe, what do we like? I like the Steelers on the money line here. I'll take them to just win the game outright. I don't even need the point-and-a-half. I'll get that at even money. Let's start with the point spread movement. When we thought it was going to be Watson, it was Cleveland minus four. It now drops to one-and-a-half, knowing we're going to get Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Two-and-a-half points? That's it. That's the drop. I know it's through the key number at three, but when Rodgers goes down for the Jets and Zach Wilson steps in, we're talking eight, nine points there. Now, this is not the same situation, but only two and a half from Watson to a rookie who we saw once who played very poorly in that game against Baltimore. Sign me up for Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 24 and five against rookie quarterbacks. I like 24 that. and five. Green. Yeah, I like that one too. I, I, I don't understand. Candidly, Joe, 
And, and, and Hembo uses the term smelly line to me all the time. <laughs> I don't understand how the Browns are favored in this game. I mean, I, I just don't understand it for the life of me. I know their defense is outstanding, but the Steelers find ways to win these ridiculous games left and right, and they're starting this rookie quarterback. I, I, I'm, I'm a little – what's the word I'm looking for? Suspicious? Suspicious. Like, yeah. the, the line is sh- – it, it, you know, it makes me look at it a couple of times. How should I be looking at it? Okay, so two points to that. Number one, Cleveland does play a very solid brand of uh, defense. We saw them at home beat the Niners without Deshaun Watson. That was P.J. Walker, but still, it's not like they got elite quarterback play in that game. So Cleveland's still bringing something to the table. When it comes to the Steelers, this is something that the guys who do this for a living dig down deep on. Anybody can look at a record and say, whoa, six and three, that's a good team. Not all six and threes are built equally. Not all four and fives are built equally. And the Steelers are not built anywhere close to equal to any team that has the same record. They have a minus point differential. That is very alarming. That's something Bill James taught us in baseball way back in the day with run differential. Show me your record, great. But over a large enough sample, if you're a winning team, you should be outscoring the opposition. Pittsburgh has been outscored this season. They have been outgained by yardage in every single game they've played. And they are 6-0 in one-score games. Remember how we felt about Minnesota last year? That's what's happening with Pittsburgh. My, my whole thing with the Steelers, I love what Tomlin's done. I hope they kick, keep kicking butt. I hope they get to the playoffs. I cannot wait to bet against them in the postseason. <laughs> By the way, Greedy. You said the same thing, Hembo. Vegas likes Cleveland in this game. At least they're a slight favorite. FPI sees it the exact same way. So like the modeling here <laughs> sort of lines up in both ways. Pittsburgh's going to wind up getting outgained and winning this game <laughs> like they yeah. always do. But the models are the models. They don't care about what your record is. Joe's exactly right. Let me read something that I just saw here. If I sounded distracted momentarily, it's because I just saw the scoop. Some news Heather Dinich just tweeted. And, and Joe, I'll use this as a way to springboard into the Michigan game. The University of Michigan's athletic director, Ward Manuel, just released a statement that says effective today, Chris Partridge has been relieved of his duties as a member of the Michigan football staff. Rick Minter will serve as, Rick Minter will serve as the team's linebackers coach. Uh, one may ask, well, who the heck cares who the linebackers coach is for Michigan? Obviously, a, a, a member of the coaching staff being relieved of his duties on a Friday um, has an enormous impact on everything. I mean, you just immediately start looking at the way this whole thing is going down. So, Joe, with that as the backdrop, Michigan is a 19-point favorite this weekend at Maryland with the enormous game against Ohio State looming last week. What do we think of that number? God, I love it. I love the fact that Harbaugh told everyone about how he wanted his day in court, <laughs> went and had his day in court, and eventually big, the Big Ten showed him exactly what they had, and Michigan was like, yep, sure, three-game suspension, we'll fire this guy. Thanks for everything. We're happy with your decision. Like, clearly, whatever was discussed behind the scenes is not what Michigan was hoping for. So here we go. We have a situation now they're firing the coach. I'm not going to read too much into that. The, the key with everything here in this Maryland game, as it has been for several years now, is whether or not Michigan is going to get caught looking ahead to Ohio State. Everything comes down to next week. And these look-ahead spots can go one of two ways. Teams can stay focused and handle their business, or they can get in, possibly be a little bit distracted, stumble, survive, and then get the hell out of there. Back doors wide open in a spot like this. Huge game for Maryland, not a huge game for Michigan. I look to Maryland, but that's dangerous considering Michigan 
has hammered everybody this season. So not laying it with Michigan, but I would look a little bit towards Maryland right now. And then very quickly, we have two more for you here before I let you go. And I'm sorry we were late getting to you, but it's been a weird day. Uh, the Eagles and Chiefs Monday night. That's the game of the year. Casey, two, minus two and a half at home. Who do we like? Always a weird day when you're working with Hembo. Here's the angle on this game. One of the my favorite bets of the week. It's the first half over, 22 and a half points, okay? Everyone looks at Kansas City and says the offense is down and the defense is much better. So they hang a low total out there around 45. Well, Kansas City's only low scoring in the second half. Dead last in the NFL in second half scoring. First half, they're still at the top of the heap. They still score a ton of points early. We're getting value here. First half over, 22 and a half points. I like it. I like that a lot. And then the second question is, uh, as, as sort of piggybacking off what our friend Peter Rosenberg says, does Hembo seem like the last person Ugh. in the world that you've ever met to be a partier? <laughs> what do you say, Joe? I, I, I wouldn't put him at the top of the list. You know who he would remind me of, though, if yeah. he surprised us? Have you ever seen that movie, This is the End, with Seth Rogen and all those guys? Yeah. Uh, he reminds me of Michael Sarah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. You actually. would be the Michael Sarah character, and I'm sorry if that gets you in trouble, but the Michael Sarah character in that movie surprises everyone. That would be Hembo. Greeny, if you have not seen it, go look at it, then get back to me. I think you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Thank you, Fortinball. We'll hear you coming up coast to coast in 20 minutes here on ESPN Radio, then ESPN Bet Live this evening on ESPN2. Who you got is next, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here. Still looking for amazing gifts at Total Wine and more. You'll find gifts for everyone on your list with the lowest prices for over 30 years. You'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Just very quickly, everything that I'm seeing, this has been a crazy morning. I'm going to get to who you got in a second. But everything I'm seeing all over the place is suggesting that the entire story surrounding the University of Michigan and Hembo, you hinted at it, is swirling directly in front of us. And by swirling, I mean turning, making a 180. 
whereas the university was so steadfast in its defense, where it went on the offensive, in fact, all of a sudden that has completely changed from dropping their uh, efforts to try and, and to get a restraining order and allow Harbaugh to coach to firing an assistant today who had just gotten there this year. It certainly feels like something is up. It feels like new information has been uh, uncovered or shared that has changed their posture. I think everyone should be keeping a very close eye on this. And I will repeat what I think it'll all ultimately result in is Jim Harbaugh being the coach of an NFL team next year. That said, let's do it. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got means Bubba's got a bunch of questions. Let's do it. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger. And unfortunately for you, we always have to start with the Pick'em Challenge. You continue to be in last place. You had him to do the picks last time. He was 0-2-1. Not a great <laughs> job by him. No one can make picks on this show, but we still got to do them. Raiders at Dolphins. Miami minus 13 and a half. Who you got here? Go. I'm playing Miami minus a 13 and a half. Get this number before it goes to 14. They're 4-0 at home. Those four wins are by 100 points. Vegas is going to come back down to earth. The Antonio Pierce Raiders, they're 2-0, but it was the Jets and the Giants. I think Miami wins this game going away. I agree with that one, so that's our pick. Baba? All right, next one, Cardinals at Texans. This one we got Houston minus four and a half. Who you got? This is a stinky line. I thought it would be a lot larger than four and a half, and I'm playing Arizona because of it. Kyler Murray has covered two-thirds of the time in his career when he's a dog. Houston's injury report is also a laundry list. It's a, it's a play only because the line should be a lot larger. I'm playing the Arizona Cardinals at plus the four and a half. I like it. We go illogical. One more. Last one, Vikings at Broncos. This one we got Denver minus two and a half. I'm playing the Vikings plus the two and a half. Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz. No team blitzes more often than the Vikings do. It's also a short week for Denver. I think they come back home and get ambushed by the Joshua Dobbs, Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dobbs. All right, there you have it. Those are our picks for this week. Take them for what you will. Let's do some fun questions here to finish up the week. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And 54 years ago last week, Sesame Street debuted on PBS. What was your favorite show to watch as a child? I loved Sesame Street. I loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But a, a show that I find people... It obviously didn't last very long because no one under my age ever heard of it. But there was a show on PBS then called The Electric Company. Does mm-hmm. that even ring a bell to you? The Electric yeah. Company. I, know, I, knew I it was. Loved. I never watched it. I but. loved it. I loved that show as a kid. It was fun. It was funny. They did Spider Man and they did all kinds of fun things. Morgan Freeman was on that show before he became an Oscar winner. Um, Rita Moreno was on that show. I loved that show. My favorite show as a kid was The Electric Company. 21 years ago yesterday, a billionaire in Texas hired the Rolling Stones to perform at his birthday for close to $6 million. Who you got as the one band you would pick to play at your birthday? Well, here's how I'm going to answer that question. I keep telling Stace I want to throw a big party, maybe for one of our big anniversaries or something like that. We never have, um, we never have like a, we never have like a see everybody that we know in our lives. We've moved around, all that kind of stuff. And she keeps saying, if we do, we need to hire Earth, Wind, and Fire. To <laughs> Is play. that her favorite band? Uh, I don't think it's her, no. Her favorite band is the Rolling Stones, but she likes Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Earth, for whatever reason, I don't know if that's just become like family lore. She says it. 
That's the answer. The answer is if we ever do have a really big party, we're hmm. going to try and hire Earth, Wind, and Fire. Are they hireable? Well, I mean, I guess everyone is hireable for them. the right price. I think they're still alive is what, is what I'm asking. All three? I, I, I hope so. I don't know. I think I, at least Earth and Wind. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba got my joke, okay. <laughs> which was awful. You're saying we think we've lost fire? <laughs> I don't know that, but um, I know they tour, so <laughs> someone is playing and they're singing, Do You Remember the 21st of September? Uh, go ahead. All right. 81 years ago today, Martin Scorsese was born. Who you got is your favorite movie that he made. Oh, so many great ones. But as, as, as challenging as it would seem because he has so many great movies, to me, the answer is easy. I would put Goodfellas on my list of my five favorite movies ever made. Sure. I think Goodfellas is one of the five best movies in the history of movies. Hembo, have you seen Goodfellas? No, uh, I'm but Googling. you have seen Game Seven of the 1952 World Series. What are you Googling? Recently, I'm Googling Martin Scorsese filmography. Oh God! <laughs> have you, is there a movie on it you've seen? No, because I don't see Eddie Lopat on here. What? You haven't seen a single one on there? Nothing that's on Google, and there's like 20 or so. 25. I think he actually directed a World Series, so you might want to get in on that. <laughs> that's a joke. Oh. Anyway, my answer is Goodfellas, and I'm sorry I brought Hembo into it. By Go the ahead, way, Bubba. I did see Killers of the Flower Moon, which he did, which was a good movie, but. They got the PSA. Someone's got to tell these guys these three and a half hour movies are too long. I agree. I understand that Marty's the one of the best of all time, but someone's got to say to him one minute. That's someone. I, someone's got to say to him, "Look, I get it. You're the best. It's too long." That's why I didn't see the Irishman. I, I, who's, I don't have that kind of. Time. It was a good movie, but it's too long. All I right, agree. one more. Seventy nine years ago, also today, Lorne Michaels was born. Ooh. Who you got as your favorite SNL cast era? Not member. Era. Oh, I misread it when I saw it before. Okay, so cast era. Because my favorite member would be Eddie Murphy. Okay. My favorite era? I think you got to give it up to the originals. I mean, I'm old enough to remember it and, and remember what a happening it was. So I think you got to give it up to Belushi and Aykroyd and Gilda Radner and Lorraine Newman and Jane Curtin and Garrett Morris. I think you got to give it up for the OGs of SNL. The dead ball era. Hambo, have you ever seen Saturday Night Live? No. I'm going to stop talking to you now for what the rest of my on? life. I have no idea. All right, Eddie Lopat, see you Monday. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 